I believe our guest is. I believe our guest is on the phone. Uh, uh, is is Tim there? They're getting Tim. Oh, Tim is on the phone. Tim, is this you? Oh, God bless America! It is. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, God bless America, and thank you for your service, uh, my friend. Good to have you on the show. Welcome to uh, Welcome to New England. How are you today? I'm well. I'm in New York. I'm, I'm not in Texas, so. Um I could be better, but I got to run Central Park today, so that was cool. Yeah, um, but I'm doing great. All right. Well, so. When you when you start off the morning with a run, how far are you going? I'm not a great runner. I'm essentially a stupid troll. You know, I'm a hairy handed. I should have been like climbing trees today because I'm closer to an ape than I am a human. Okay. Um, so I, I I ran like three miles at a you know, eight minute pace. So yeah. nothing, nothing blazing. Um, yeah. you don't see like this Ethiopian marathoner out here. Okay. You're like, oh, what was that? Was that an eight? Nope. That was the dude. Okay. That was Tim. That was Tim. Tim Kennedy is the host uh, of a brand new show on, uh, on discovery called hard to kill. And I, I don't know how to describe. It. He's a former MMA fighter, Green Beret, like I said, special forces sniper. And I, and I was trying to describe it, and I thought, well, it's like dirty jobs on on steroids and extremely dangerous, right? That's kind of a good description. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's some fear factor mixed mixed in there. There's a little bit of like Anthony Bourdain's types on scene because we get to go and walk in the shoes of these people and experience their lives and the and like the cultures of the each and every one of these jobs. And then ultimately, maybe it's like a NASCAR a little bit because you get to see these massive wrecks, which is me getting completely destroyed by whatever I'm doing. So you try to put yourself in the shoes of people who have really, really risky and dangerous jobs. Like what? If you could give us a couple examples, Tim. Uh, experimental test pilots. Uh, you know, we crashed some planes. We set me on fire in some. We uh, throw me out of the back of some with my visors frozen shut, um, simulating, you know, having to bail out of aircrafts. Um, do Arctic uh, avalanche control experts in the Colorado Rockies. Um, so burying me alive in avalanches at the base of mountains. That scares the living crap out of me. Um <laughs> And uh, learning, you know, like how to snow, how to control snowpack. So, you know, people that are skiing and hiking and, uh, you know, riding snowmobiles down through the valleys don't get buried alive. Um, EOD bomb techs, commercial fishermen. I mean, the list goes on of these amazing jobs and amazing people. I, I got to ask about, you were mentioning avalanches. I'm obviously a terrifying oh. thing, the thought of that. I mean, how do you, and then I'm thinking, well, from an insurance perspective, oh my God, what are the insurance rates for this show? So you actually. Uh, recreated some sort of avalanche, and you were caught in it. Were you were you covered by it? Because that's horrifying. The even thought of that is horrifying to me. Yeah, re- recreate's not the right, right word. This is how we did it. We went to a mountain that had the right snowpack for an avalanche to happen. And then we went and we put me at the base of the mountain, and then we caused an avalanche to happen. That's it. Wow. So, um, wow. you know, there's no, like, recreation. I just got wrecked yeah. by an avalanche. So I'm just laying there, and the snow starts coming around me, and it buries me. And I'm stuck in there for 30 minutes. They're trying to dig me out. Um, I had a beacon on, so they were able to find me. Um, oh. I was able to headbutt the snow a little bit to create a little pocket of air that would melt and give me a little bit of a little bit more air for a few minutes, and then it would refreeze. And then I'd feel like I'd suffocating, then I'd smash my head against it a little bit more. Um, and that went on for half an hour, uh, the total blackness. So, yeah, no, I'm all set with that. I'm sure it's the military (laughs) training that allowed you to survive that, but, I mean, how do you mentally, the thought of that freaks me out. How do you not freak out in in a a situation like that? Well, I think it's a combination of two things. One, 
you're really stupid. Okay, um, good. So I'm dumb. Yeah, so that helped. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and then like I'm too tough to know how dumb I am. Okay. So uh, those two things really, you know, brought me through it. No, like, like um, you know, you got to be cool. You got to be calm. You got to be collected. And you know, freaking out just kills you faster. Right. So in in situations like that, you know, you're looking for tiny little battles. And for me, every battle was one breath. Every battle was keeping my heart rate low. Um, but finally, when I was able to exhale, and I feel I felt a drop of water hit my cheek, and that let me know which way was up because mm-hmm. gravity dropped this bo- this drop of water on my cheek. Mm-hmm. It was like the biggest victory ever as I was frozen and stuck halfway upside down uh. Um, to realize which way was up. And I was like, "Yes, I know what way up is." And right. I was like, oh, "You know, like little victories." That's, That's cool. Um, you know, it's mental games of not dying. Hard to Kill is a brand new series on Discovery Tuesday night, 10 p.m. This is uh, Tim Kennedy is on the phone. Go ahead, uh, Roadkill. I enjoyed watching you fight. What made you say, all right, that's enough. I don't want to do this anymore. Um, nothing. I, I, uh, I still have the itch, you know. I'm, I'm in probably the best shape of my life. I'm yep. faster and stronger than I've ever been. Um, I still train 14 times a week. Uh, I still train in jiu-jitsu. I still train in boxing. I still train in wrestling. I still train in kickboxing. I still train in MMA. Um, you know, I competitively shoot now. And, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm finding uh, that I kind of need this stuff just to live. It's, this has been part of my life my, since I was, you know, probably three years old, I guess. Um, and uh, I think... I really want to be world champion. You know, I fought yep. for the world title twice, and I lost twice. Um, I didn't want to keep fighting just to fight. Yep. That's not the reason I did it. I wanted to fight because I wanted to be the best in the world. Yeah. And, um, you know, and, and fighting to be the best in the world and, and coming up short twice is, uh, is, is a big pill to swallow. Mm-hmm. Tim Kennedy on the phone. That's Kelly. Got one more question. So I see you're taking it easy. You're only training 14 times a week. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, Tim, were you, were you, what were the jobs you were surprised? Were there any the jobs that you were surprised that were dangerous? I'm a freaking commercial fisherman. You know, like I watch Deadly Catch. Everybody watches Deadly Catch, right? And they're like, oh, I can do that. But what you don't get, what you don't understand is that when you get on that boat, the first thing that hits you is the smell of that diesel exhaust, right? Yeah. And then that's mixing with the smell of the rotting fish that's been on that boat for 50 years. Yeah. And then you walk into the galley, and you get hit with the food that's been cooking in there for the past four days, and the pot of coffee that's been sitting there for five weeks. You know, the captain that has this big wad of chewing tobacco in his mouth, and he's been spitting the same cup for the past two years. Yeah. And everybody on the whole entire boat is smoking Virginia Slims. Yeah. Right, and then it's going over waves that are ten feet tall. You have twenty-six degree wind that's picking up thirty-three degree water and splashing it into your face and freezing your eyelashes shut. Yeah, and then every single hour on the hour, you're putting a net in the water, you're pulling that out of the water, you're cleaning the fish, you're pulling scabs, and you do this for eighteen hours a day, and you do it for like three weeks at a time. Yeah, no sleep, no rest, no recovery, no food, and you can't understand that when you watch deadliest catch right mm-hmm. you have to be there you're right and that's that, that was one of those things where it's like oh commercial fishermen easy cheesy come on Not and it was humiliating embarrassing uh trying to keep up with these 
these people on the sides of these boats. That's a Green Beret Special Forces guy talking right there. Yep. That's how that's how hard that job is. I, I couldn't agree more. Hey, I know we've run out of time. Tim, can't wait to see the show. Uh, Tuesday night's 10 o'clock on Discovery. It is hard to kill. Great to get a chance to talk to you, man. Thanks for coming on with us, man. Be safe. Yeah, thank you so much. All right, take care. Um, I don't get the, like, okay, the three-second pauses. I don't get that, but that's I a, just I'm interested in that show. The trailers. Uh, it's crazy. He's in a, a, a bolt comes out, knocks him well in the air. They're taking him out on a stretcher. Uh, he crashes a, a test plane uh, into the side of a building. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Think about being stuck in an avalanche. Yeah. Like nope. a, 30 minutes? No. 30 minutes no. I'm stuck? No. Look, I know it's TV, and to some extent it's a controlled yep. environment. No. In as much as it can be. I'm Still, sorry, dude. Stuff goes wrong. I am sorry. I don't think fishermen are smoking Virginia and, slums. And, and I know. And what he said about uh, the deadliest catch is really true. Not only have I hung out with the captains, but we've talked to a lot of people.